Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to The Balance on a windy Saturday morning here atop The Balance Studios in the west suburbs of Indianapolis. The, the, the studios are shaking. Man, it is cold, windy. <coughs> but what do we expect? It's, it's, it's almost Christmas. We're past Thanksgiving. So we're, we're in the holiday shopping season. Yeah, everybody getting their shop. You know, Amazon has become my best friend. I don't even have to leave the house to do shopping. But that's neither here nor there. So glad you've joined us today, Saturday morning. My name is Sal Mark Wassell, Presidente. We do this thing called The Balance every Saturday. I am the captain of the ship. And for the next uh, 90 minutes to an hour and a half, or or, that would be an hour and a half, wouldn't it? An hour and a half to two hours. We'll see how it goes. I, I will guide you through this crazy world of sports. And we've got we've got something new uh, on tap today. We, we you know we typically don't talk soccer uh, on the show. No particular reason. Not, not that I'm a soccer hater. Honestly, yeah, it's just never been a, a part of our flow. But Adam Jividen, our college uh, football co-pilot, Super Browns fan, Super Buckeyes fan, Guardians fan, Super Duper Cavs fan. Well, since Ohio State couldn't be in the Big Ten Championship tonight here in Indianapolis, he's like, screw it, I'm going World Cup on you guys. So that's what he's going to do with us today. World Cup, uh, obviously uh, a lot of news. USA against the Netherlands. It's a knockout round. We're going to get into uh, some World uh, Cup talk uh, today with Adam, and then I'm going to uh, pick up the the baton, if you will, and uh, carry college football uh, in the in the in the next uh, segment, uh, of course, Big Ten. Uh, that team from up north uh, will honor Adam. Still, stay the team from up north. But for those of you that don't know, Jim Harbaugh and the Khaki Army of Michigan take on the Purdue Boilermakers. And you know, I, I'm not a Purdue fan. I'm an IU guy. I, I can't say that that I like Purdue, but you know, they've earned the right to be there. So let's let's give them the props. Boil her up, guys. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know which two do, do. I mean, it's a big. We'll get, we'll ask Adam here in just a second. But it's a, that's a, that's a, it's a huge ask, you know. Hey, do I want, do I want to honor Ohio State and root for Purdue, or do I want to hate Purdue like an IU guy should and root for Michigan? So a big dilemma we've got going on. So I'll be breaking down that. Um, that game. Ed Kratz will join us here at the, uh, our last segment to, to break down the NFL action. We'll get caught up on all what's going on, obviously, with his Eagles, uh, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, and SI.com, our official NFL contributor. Uh, and we'll see what's going on with our Indianapolis Colts. 
they uh, are playing the Cowboys this weekend, and man, they're in all different places, but that's that's okay. Nine one seven eight eight nine eight five one six. My digits. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, What is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, Hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? (laughs) No, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's... Fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they... Investor philanthropists, do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and yeah, roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good.
right, welcome back to the balance. It does help if I turn on my microphone. The good thing about it is I caught it before I started really uh, going down my rambling weeds. Uh, you know, I, I do that every so often. I'm just a rambling and realize I'm, I'm talking to myself. I'm so used to talking to myself that uh, I, I didn't turn on my mic. But joining us now so I don't have to talk to myself anymore is Adam Jimenez, our, our college football co-pilot. He's going rogue today. Uh, because his Ohio State Buckeyes aren't in the Big Ten Championship. So he's he's like, you know, there's, there's no way we're going to talk about the team from up north uh, in Indianapolis. So I'm going I'm going World Cup. No, I'm just kidding. I know you're a big World Cup fan. Adam Jevedan, welcome to the belt again. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, Tom. I am, listen, frankly, even if Ohio State was in the Big Ten Championship game tonight, I would want to talk World Cup. I mean, obviously it happens once every four years. Um, right. This is the best U.S. team we've probably ever fielded in the history of U.S. soccer. And what's really cool about that for for the casual fan is we're also the second youngest team in the entire season. So if you get to know the players on this year's roster, chances are they're going to be the players on the roster when the next World Cup happens in 2026. And the thing is, is that and everybody <laughs> needs to know this. The World Cup in four years is going to be hosted by the United States. It's a big freaking <laughs> deal. And I know I'm going to be saving money for tickets for like two years because I'm going to go to every <laughs> game I possibly can. And I will be in the stands with my son and we'll be going – We'll be going nuts because it's going to be – I mean, it's, that is a truly a bucket list kind of thing to be able to go to. Where is it going to be out here in the United States in four years? <clears throat> oh, it's, it's, it's all throughout the it's, – it's kind of everywhere. Okay. Um, it's going to okay. be in Atlanta, Seattle. Um, St. Louis is hosting. Kansas City is hosting. Okay, um, great. And Kansas City is an awesome soccer town, so – Kansas City is probably where I might end up posting up for a week or so. Um, but uh, that what's cool is with the world of remote work, I could I could be there, go to a game, take that day off, and then if there's a couple days in between games and I can go to another one, I could just stay there and work. Um, so, you know, it's it's really 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 exciting. But today's game against the Netherlands, and I don't want to sound hyperbolic here. Um, don't use it's big words on Saturday morning, Adam. Sorry, I don't want to exaggerate. <laughs> we'll say that. Um, I I legitimately think this might be the biggest game in United States soccer history. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I say that for a few different reasons. Again, this is the youngest team that we've ever had. We missed the last World Cup. We didn't even qualify. So the last re- memories. That, that young fans have of the United States soccer team was the team that did make it to this round, and we lost in this round, but it was eight years ago. So you're talking, I mean, that's, that's forever in the world of sports. So if they can win this game against the Netherlands, which they very well can, the United States has shown some of the best defense in the entire tournament. I mean, figure, they didn't surrender – a single goal to England. They didn't surrender a single goal to Iran. And they only gave up, really, a goal late against Wales when, when the team was pretty much gassed 
because the temperature over there in Qatar is, <clears throat> is through the roof. And so a lot of the teams, a lot of teams in that first game were surrendering way more than just a single goal. They were surrendering two, three, four. I mean, even England gave up two goals to Iran uh, and, and won the game six to two. But the, this team is, is headlined by a really strong uh, series of players. They have strength at every level. Um, the headliner is, is, is for, for soccer fans that, that know the game. Um, the headliner for the U.S. is Captain America himself, um, Kristen Pulisic, who plays for my favorite club, um, Chelsea, um, over there in London. Um, but, but it's not just Pulisic. It's, it's great play on the outside by Tim Weah. He scored the, the goal against Wales. Um, they have really strong defenders in Tim Ream. Um, uh, Walker Zimmerman has played well. Um, Serginio Dest has played really well. But the, the thing about – if you watch the game, you're like, I don't watch lots of soccer. Watch the dudes in the middle. Um, the midfielders. That's where the U.S. is incredibly strong. And there's there's a couple guys to just kind of keep your eyes on at all times. One is named Tyler Adams. He's the captain of the U.S. Mm-hmm. team. Um, he he is kind of the the one who helps dictate play throughout the game. And then another j- guy named Weston McKenney. Uh, he has a big fro with red, white, and blue um, dyed into it. It looks awesome as he's running down the field. Um, but, but Weston McKenney built like a tank, and he's, he's typically a really, really strong goal scorer as well. He hasn't put one in the net yet, but that's, I think a lot of that's because he's playing more of a control the midfield game. And, and what we're going to see is the U.S. might have the strongest midfield in the entire tournament. And if, and if the U.S. today can control the middle of the field, they will win the game. It's that simple. Netherlands has some great strikers. Uh, they they they're they're always good. Uh, pretty historically mm-hmm. now. I mean, I can't remember a time that they've won uh, a cup, but they 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 typically advance pretty deep into the tournament every single year, no matter or not every year, every four years. Uh, no matter <laughs> what. Now, the well, interesting thing is. There's it oh, made its round. The entire team got hit with the flu from the Netherlands. So they're maybe mm-hmm. even have less in the tank than these teams are normally operating with. So it's a, it's an incredibly exciting game that, that could propel the U.S. into the top eight in the entire <clears> world <throat> if they can win off today. Which is huge for the United States. Obviously, you know, when we think of football, we think of, of, of the NFL, obviously, here in the United States. But actually, soccer is probably a more dominant international sport than uh, football is, even though the NFL is trying to make that happen. We've got games in Mexico. We've got games in London. Really, the football is housed and owned the way we call football in the NFL in the United States. But the rest of the world call football and that's soccer, or maybe they call it football. But if the U.S. can perform as they did against England, uh, and for much of the and for much of the game against Iran, um, and, and win, uh, this this is going to be a huge win for the United States. Let's talk a little bit about maybe for the novice soccer fans, and I'll have to say that I'm I'm one of those. Um, I do pay attention to it. Uh, 
uh, a little bit, but not a lot. Uh, but just from the novice, this, this is the knockout round. So tell me a little bit about how the U.S., what the journey was for the U.S. Uh, I know there's been this goes on for weeks and months in, in different categories, and the way they they qualify and, and everything is kind of crazy. So that's that's a matrix all in itself. But let's just talk about the U.S. journey, what they had to do to get here. If they lose, are they out? permanently if they win what happens next where do they go next this is the knockout round uh how close are we to being a world cup champion when yeah, i say so, we i mean so, the u.s <laughs> yeah absolutely we're, we're all in this together right so you know with with soccer and the way it's set up yeah qualifying is is can feel very very convoluted um and then when they get to the group stage it's set up very very similar to how Every league is set up where you get three points for a win, you get one point for a draw, and you get no points for a loss. And so, the, and, and basically the goal is have the most points by the time the play is over. So, you know, it's a round robin. You play all three teams in the, in the, in the group stage. The teams that have the highest point totals win and move on. If you are tied with a point total with another team, then the deciding tiebreaker is goal differential. So what I mean by that is if you win one to nothing, you have a draw, and then you win three to nothing, you have a goal differential of four. So it would go to goal differential. If there's a tie in goal differential, I don't even remember how that breaks out, because that that's honestly incredibly rare um, for that to happen. Um, so that – So that would be um, – that's how – that's kind of how we got here. So from here with the knockout round, um, um, so from here with the knockout round, then you're talking this is win or go home. Um, the other thing, too, is with the previous round, there was no such as a um, – as like penalty kicks or overtime. If it goes all the way through regulation and it's tied, it's a draw. Now with this round and every round moving forward, you would play overtime. Now, typically they would do a 30 minute overtime, but I know FIFA talked about changing the rules because of the heat in Qatar. They may do 15, like a 15 minute half and a 15 minute half. I don't know. They, we haven't had overtime yet. So, I, we don't really know what FIFA decided, um, or I just I hadn't had a chance to look it up um, to see how they decided how to handle overtime. If it's tied after overtime, then it goes to penalty kicks, which penalty kicks, some fans hate them, some fans love them. I love them. Um, I, penalty kicks are like the most exciting thing for me in sports. Um, it's like overtime on steroids. Every kid that plays soccer growing up, you end practice, lining up and taking penalty kicks and being the one that, that scores that goal. And, you know, you run around the field and then line up and you do it again um, with the opposing team. So that's kind of how it lays out. If the U.S. wins, we would go on to play the winner, which will most likely be Spain. Um, so, I, and I would say most likely, I would be absolutely floored if it's anybody else but Spain. Spain looks like the strongest team in the field this year. Um, so if we win, 
we would be going to um, quarterfinals, basically the Elite Eight, if we're thinking about this in college basketball terms. So we would be two more games from the World Cup final. And, and Spain looks like the strongest team. They also, in my opinion, kind of had one of the weaker group brackets, whereas the U.S. had a very strong group bracket. And the other thing that's interesting is the heat that we're seeing in Qatar is kind of leveling the playing field. Like we're seeing some major national powers like Belgium and Germany. Belgium is the number two ranked team in the entire world, and they're out of the tournament. Like this would be – this is essentially the same as like Alabama – missing a 12-team playoff. We're talking that level of, of shock because two teams from each group advance. Um, so we're at 16 teams. So, yeah, it'd be like an Alabama or an Ohio State that missed a 12-team a college football playoff. Um, you just you wouldn't expect it. Or what we're kind of seeing this year from the Green Bay Packers where everybody kind of expects them to be an NFC com- you know, competition, and they're <laughs> terrible this year. So – yeah. Having Belgium yeah. go home, having Germany go home are, are shocking developments from what's happening um, over there in the Middle East. So another stat that I saw when I kind of prepping for the show after you, you told me you were on rogue. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, I, I, I noticed I saw where starters Tyler Adams, Sergio Best, uh, Weston McKinney, Tim Ream, as well as substitute Kalen Acosta, uh, will carry yellow cards into the match. First of all, first question yeah. to that would be is what is a yellow card? Second of all, the, the other, as it went on to say, should any of them receive a caution against the Netherlands, they would be suspended from a potential quarterfinal match. First of all, how, what is a yellow card? I, 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 I liken it to like, you know, fouls in, in, uh, in, in basketball, but those don't carry over to other games. So they, they, there, explain to us what a yellow card is and, and the yeah. impact that has on the game. So, so think of a yellow card like you would um, maybe a flagrant foul in the NBA. So it's not because there's there's standard fouls in soccer just like there's standard fouls in the NBA. Yeah. There's in the NBA and soccer is you don't have a cap on how many fouls you can commit as an individual unless they're a yellow card. So think of a yellow card like um, a flagrant one in the NBA and then a red card like a flagrant two. The difference is if you receive a red card, you're not only ejected from the game, your team from that point forward plays a man down. So you are playing at an odd man disadvantage. And so you, if you pick up a yellow card, you, you are terrified to pick up a second yellow because uh, then your team is going to be playing – with a disadvantage for the rest of the game. Now, the way that it works is, yes, if you stack up yellow cards, um, you could be suspended in the next game. Now, um, they would actually have to accumulate two more yellows to be suspended for the next game. You need three yellows to be suspended um, for a game. So it's and to my knowledge, those guys, they may have, I would, again, I would have to have checked, I'd have to check the, the, the card totals to see. I believe you are right that all of them have received two thus far through the tournament. Now, 
again, sometimes a yellow is needed. Like if you see like, for example, um, one of our defenders in the very first game against Wales got a yellow card. Um, Zimmerman did, Walker Zimmerman. And it was a great play because Wales was about to have a breakaway one-on-one with, with one of their goal scorers and the goalie. And when that happened, Zimmerman just kind of tackled him real rough, which was a brilliant play and really distracting. So sometimes a yellow card, it doesn't hurt you immediately as long as you play smart, and sometimes it can actually save you later. But it just means that you have to manage what you're doing. Um, uh, If you guys remember several years ago um, when France went to the final, um, one of the best players really in French history, Zinedine Zidane, got a red card in the championship game because he head-butted square in the chest um, a player for Portugal. So it it can – and France likely would have won that game had he played the entire game because it was a tie game at that point. Portugal scored a late or a late goal um, to win the game because again France was a, a man down and Zidane never won a World Cup and then Terry Henry, who was the other major French player of that generation, never won a World Cup. And then France was actually the defending champion. Um, they were kind of led by Kylian Mbappe, um, who's considered one of the best, if not and a lot of these, the best young player in the entire world. He's only 21 and he's an absolute superstar. We're talking with Adam Jividen, Super Browns fan, Super Buckeyes fan, our college football uh, co-pilot. We're just talking about a different football today. Uh, Adam, the U.S. is 1-4-0 against the net, all time against the Netherlands. The lone victory came back in, in Amsterdam in 2015. Uh, huge game there. It, let's let's rein it in a little bit and let's look at the reality of it. Uh, the USA is not mm-hmm. known for its ability to to maintain uh dominance in the soccer world so let's look at it on the other i mean not really on the other side of it let's kind of as a as a usa fan it's kind of like being a, a an iu fan <laughs> we're, we're, we're used to the inedible going to happen um how does how does the usa keep that positive momentum going that they've got going into this game looks very good on paper but you know uh, vegas and all of those people who who, who know a lot about betting uh, say this. This goes to the Netherlands. Um, naysayers, yaysayers, uh, one four and zero. Oh, that certainly is a loud statement going in today. So it's got to be a, a big game for the USA. But uh, what are your thoughts on that stat? It, it is. I will say this: this is a different team than has ever played against the Netherlands so far. <clears throat> I, I mentioned this is the best team we've ever fielded in a world cup, typically they're, they're athletic, they're strong. The major difference is though, is there's a large quantity of us players that are now playing their, their professional soccer, their club soccer overseas. They're playing in the English premier league. They're playing in the German Bundesliga. They're playing uh, in, 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 in Spain or in Portugal with, with superpowers like AC Milan or Real Madrid, um, Dortmund, um, Chelsea. So you're seeing a higher quality U.S. player than we've ever seen. The other thing I would say to Vegas is, are we the underdog? Sure. But you had us as the underdog against Wales and England, and look how that turned out, right? So do I think 
there absolutely do I think we will win if I was putting money on it I would my head says the Netherlands just because again historically they're stronger but my heart is obviously at home with the U.S. team and I think this is one of the situations where I think my heart's going to win I think the U.S. is going to win this game this is a huge turning point for, for U.S. soccer. I think they're going to win this game. Come, when you have the flu issues, which flu combined with the extreme heat, I don't know that the Netherlands are going to be able to sustain a high level of play for 90 minutes against the U.S., who have depth, who are fast and athletic. Um, Anthony Robinson is a, a left defensive back. And he is probably the fastest player in the entire field. Um, Anthony Robinson, I kid you not, Tom, had a chance to play big-time college football and college track, and he chose to play soccer instead because he's, he's that good. Um, but he's, he can fly down the field. He, he looks a little bit like some of the receivers we see in the <laughs> NFL when they get on the flank and they just start booking um, on a fly pattern. But – I know you have all the history and all the, well, could they? Are you there? I think I lost you. Adam. Yeah, can you hear me? Can you hear me I now? can hear you now. Hello, hello? I can hear you now. Okay. Yes, I can hear you. I was just saying, at the end of the day, I, I think we're going to win. And, and, the, and the thing is, is about the U.S. soccer, so every major country has their, one of their big, you know, like cheers, chants. You hear them in the stadium. And the one for the U.S., and I'm going to end with this, is I believe that we will win. And I do. I think this is the coolest. This is the best team we've ever seen. This is the best team that we've ever fielded. Now, will we beat Spain if we get through? Probably not. But the momentum that the U.S. soccer program will have behind it, heading into when we host in 2026, is going to be off the charts. And this is going to be – this is going to be – if we win this game, it has the potential to set up the, the, the soccer equivalent to the 1980 Miracle on Ice team. And that's what I want. I am desperate as an American soccer fan for that moment that I can look back on and say, I remember when that happened. And I think we're getting really close, and I'm excited as a soccer fan. Well, you could be like Nick Folk. You know, Nick Folk was 10 years old when uh, the the uh, uh, the Rose Bowl was uh, when the 1984 when Brazil beat Italy in the World Cup final in uh, in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. You call it football. Yeah. Nick Folk. <laughs> so he's a big soccer dad as well. And you're a soccer dad. You're, does Oliver play soccer? Not yet. Not yet. We tr- we tried, but soccer at this age is is like amoeba ball. So. <laughs> Well, he'll get there. He'll get there. Well, well, today also is Argentina and Australia, and then tomorrow France, Poland, uh, England. That's obviously a big one in Senegal, uh, Japan, Croatia, and uh, Monday rounds it all out of the round of 16 in Brazil and South Korea. Anything you're watching in those matches? Um, I'm watching some of the superpowers to assert themselves. Let's see if that happens, or does there, or does it make? Do we get another major upset? Because, again, 
this heat is proving to be a big equalizer. Um, I expect Argentina. I expect Brazil. Um, but Argentina lost their very first game. Um, I, as a soccer fan, probably the next best thing, again, if you're a casual fan and you're watching, watch Portugal to watch Cristiano Ronaldo, watch Argentina to watch Lionel Messi. Those are probably the best, not probably, it's not even a question. Those are the best two soccer players of this entire generation, and this will be their last World Cup. Um, they're both getting close to retirement age. They, don't, they won't have uh, age on their side anymore when they come to the United States in 2026. So you're not just talking some of the best players of, of a generation. You're talking some of the best players in the history of the game. So if you've never tuned in, watch Portugal, watch Argentina, watch France. Um, Mbappe is the, the headliner of the next generation. Um, it's a really great time to be a soccer fan. And uh, and enjoy, guys. Like we don't get this very often. It's once every four years. So um, Adam, Adam Jividan and cheer on, cheer on your team. Adam Jividan, our college football co-pilot, uh, breaking ranks today and talking uh, some uh, World Cup uh, with us. And I really do appreciate that. But real quickly, I'm not going to let you off the hook that easy tonight. Big Ten and Purdue. Give me your real quick five second. Uh, talking points for tonight. Sure. Um, if Purdue can stop the run against that team up north, they have a strong enough passing attack that they could pull off the upset. Do I think it happens? No. I think, and they've earned it, I think Michigan wins the, wins the game tonight. But after what happened last night in the Pac-12 championship game, I was ticked off about it before, but Ohio State could slip into this college football playoff as the four seed, which would set up a game against well, Georgia, which means if, if – and, again, if TCU wins. So, TCU, if TCU wins today, then the way it would line up most likely would be Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and Ohio State, which could set up an Ohio State – Michigan rematch for all the marbles, which would be – I don't know that I could eat or sleep for a day. Um, I would, I'll be in full hyperventilation mode if that happens. Well, you know, I, this is what we love. About I'd hate to see you in full – Just when you think it's over, it's not. I'd hate to see you in full hyperventilation mode because what, what have I seen for the last several years? I don't know. But <laughs> – but, uh, so games get ready to start now, man. So I'll, I'll let you go. Yeah, I've got I, it recording, so we're gonna hop on there. But everybody have a great weekend, and uh, go USA. Go USA. All right, buddy. We'll talk with you soon. Adam Jividen, Super Browns fan, Super Buckeyes fan, Super Duper uh, Cavaliers fan, our college football co-pilot, uh, going a little bit rogue on us today. I love it. I love it. We talked soccer. You know, people ask me, do you talk soccer on your show? I typically say not typically. But, hey, now I can say we do once every four years. We'll be right back on the other side to talk some real football. 
right here on the Balance Radio Network. Ride till I can't no more. I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I got the horses in the back. Horse stock is attached. Head is mad at black. Got the bushes black to match. Riding on a horse. Ha, you can whip your horse. I've been in the valley. You ain't been up off that porch. Now, can't nobody tell me nothing. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, they're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. No. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Massa Le Croix Piquet. 
which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Michigan Wolverines 12 and 0 
I mean, let's let's just talk it for the the realistic. Uh, we we call them the team from up north. We call them the khaki army, Jim Harbaugh and his khaki army. But really, the, the Michigan uh, werewolves, um, werewolves. <laughs> oh man, see, this is why I can't ever host a segment all by myself. Michigan Wolverines, not uh, not the uh, werewolves. I, 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 you know, too much coffee too early, I guess. Too much Black Rifle coffee. Make sure you're drinking your Black Rifle coffee. Buy a bag, get a bag. Uh, but let's take a look at this game tonight. You know, leading 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 into the 2022 football season, not many experts were predicting the number two Michigan and Purdue would be meeting in the Big Ten Championship. In fact, most of us probably thought it would be Ohio State and Michigan uh, in that in huge matchup. I think a lot of people had bought the tickets to that game well in advance, hoping for that matchup. But it, it, it didn't happen. Ohio State is, you know, we'll get into this, that game here in a second. They, they can thank USC for get, being able to be in the playoffs. So quite literally. Utah kept steamrolling them last night. And so they can, they can thank the USC Trojans, a new member of the Big Ten, uh, starting next year, uh, that uh, they got them into to the conference. Like I said, not, I don't think a lot of people thought that it would be this matchup, but it is, it is a matchup. So, um, so, but with conference title, college football playoff seedings uh, on tonight, Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, the, the game has the possibility to be one of the most, the more unexpected and interesting clashes in the weekend. Of the two teams, Michigan's appearance is the least surprising, as we just talked about. After all, the Wolverines, not werewolves, <laughs> the Wolverines won the Big Ten uh, last season, beating Iowa 42-3 to in, in that game and reached the college football playoffs. However, did not stop most pundits from picking Ohio State to win the Big Ten East the, early this season. Um, myself and obviously my, my college football cohort, uh, Adam Jividen, included. In fact, two of them called – called the Wolverines the most overrated team in the league. Well, one of them did. One of us did. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Please hold and you will be able to listen to the show. I think we're back now. I'm not sure what happened, um, but uh, this, this, that time it wasn't the, that time it wasn't the mic. My name is Tom Marco Sell Presidente. Sorry about that. Uh, we had a little bit of a jilt in our jilt in our jilt, if you will, gremlins, if you will. I uh, saw so we had somebody calling. If you want to call back, go ahead and, and do that. We'll get you. We'll get you on. We'll talk some college football, uh, World Cup. We we can also uh, talk that with you. But you know. Basically, we're talking about Purdue. Obviously, I'm not a Purdue guy. I'm an IU guy. Uh, so I, 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 by by happenstance and by nature and everything that's in me, I have to go with Michigan today. Also, I think Michigan's going to be the the bigger, better team. Um, but actually, uh, if we're if we're giving fair play to fair play. You know, Purdue is probably one of the biggest surprises of them all this year. 
Uh, this will be Purdue's first appearance in the Big Ten championship game with football, that is, becoming the ninth Big Ten school to reach it uh, since its beginning in 2011. And uh, newsflash, there's no longer 10 teams in the Big Ten. Should we think about changing that? I know, squirrel. But uh, So we'll see. It, it's going to be, you know, obviously – the Boilermakers finished third in the Big Ten West. That's as high as anyone was willing to go. I, I had them finishing at sixth, I know, and I think Adam had them finishing even uh, lower than that. So they, they defied expectations and look to do so again. That's going to be a huge win, huge, 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 huge win, especially for Purdue if they win today. will definitely almost assure them a um, – almost assure them a – a uh, New Year's Day bowl appearance. So, you know, some fun facts for you. Purdue has never won, or the West, I should say. The West has never won the Big Ten Championship. So there's that. Michigan could become the third team to repeat as a title game champ. Like I said, I think everybody had Michigan and Ohio in the the, – Big Ten Championship. My name is Tom Marcos, El Presidente. You know, we're talking a little bit about how Ohio State made it into the playoffs. Again, surprisingly that it came down to this, because usually uh, they they put their nail in the coffin, if you will, early on in the season. But that Pac-12 title game, USC steamrolled by Utah, lost. That could cost the Trojans their the college football uh, playoff berth, put it that way. I, I don't think it was ever we ever thought that USC would would be in the college football uh, playoffs, but this loss last night probably assures that that won't happen. Um, pretty much gone up in flames in Vegas. The fourth ring uh, Trojans most certainly have locked up a spot in the fourth team playoff with the win oh, with a win over uh Utah but that didn't happen. You, Utah came back with an early fourteen point deficit and stormed back to win forty seven twenty four uh to capture its second straight Pac twelve championship to clinch a spot in the Rose Bowl. And so USC doesn't get to have their home field advantage in the in the Rose in the Rose Bowl. So it's it's interesting to see but that loss pretty much assured that uh, um, Ohio State's going to be in the in the playoffs. So we'll see how that goes. So other teams that we're looking at here's here's where we're at right now as far as what we think will will, will play out in the uh, in the in the playoffs, if you will. Who's going to be in the playoffs and in the college football uh, playoffs? Michigan, we know. Whether or not they win or lose tonight against Purdue, we know. Georgia Bulldogs, we know. Ohio State, now we know. Tennessee, on the bubble, could they get in still with some dramatic losses that they've had late in the season? That is a team that everybody's watching. Uh, And, of course, Alabama, are they going to get in in spite of it all? In spite of it all. I don't think we're going to see Alabama. There is an outside chance that we'll see. um, There is an outside chance that we'll see uh, Tennessee in it. And, And that'll be good, you know. Melissa, our producer and social media director, big Tennessee fan. So we watch a lot of Tennessee goal balls, goal balls uh, here around the house, if you will. Uh, so, you know, let's kind of talk a little bit about 
some of the other uh, games that are going on. Sorry, I'm losing my voice, as usual. <laughs> as usual. So we talked about the Michigan uh, werewolves. I now I can't get that out of my mind. I cannot get that out of my mind. Tennessee, I mean, not Tennessee, TCU, number three TCU versus number 10 Kansas State, State in the Big 12. Kansas State outplayed TCU for most of the first matchup in Fort Worth, Texas before quarterback injuries. But the horny corn, the horned frogs have improved mightily. I, I'm, I'm my own worst humor critic. I, I, So we'll see what what happens with that game. Uh, TCU is the favorite, only by two and a half. So I, I certainly would maybe uh, steer clear of that game. Uh, but I would go with TCU all day long on this. Number one, Georgia versus number 14, LSU. We talked about Georgia in the playoffs game. We know Georgia's going to be in the playoffs. We know Ohio State's going to be in the playoffs. We know Michigan's going to be in the playoffs. And uh, they, they play number 14, LSU. Not really – a lot to to be excited about here for LSU. Um, Georgia will just suffocate this LSU team, who's really been demoralized over the last week, losing to Texas A&M. Jaden Daniels has to establish himself as a centerpiece of, of the Tigers, and he's not been able to do that in the ground game. Otherwise, it won't click. That's easier said than done against the Georgia defense. Uh, that defense will force Daniels to win this game with with his arm, and that won't happen. However, Georgia knows that it needs to keep this game over, get this game over quickly. So Georgia will win that game. Uh, they're favorite, they're favored, uh, but obviously, I think seventeen and a half. You know, if, you, if you're looking for a long shot bet, a two long shot bet for you today uh, would be um, Purdue, Michigan, and LSU to beat Georgia. Those are two. Um, Long shot bets for you, if you will. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente. Not sure what happened with our microphone, uh, but uh, we got it. We got it. We got it all figured out. One more game. Let, let's talk about Clemson and North Carolina. Uh, Clemson is the better team here, but uh, the door is open for an upset here. So this, you know, upset alert here uh, with uh, North Carolina in in Clemson and. You know, North Carolina is is the favorite, believe it or not, in this in this matchup. So, you know, North Carolina is the favorite to win. North Carolina over Clemson, of course. Uh, Michigan and Purdue. Uh, that game, by the way, that Michigan and Purdue game um, is like two and a half. So, just FYI on that. And um, and uh, USC and Utah. I have done my job as your awesome host. That's why you call me El Presidente. I have done my job. <laughs> now it's time uh, to to uh, bail myself out of here. No, I'm just kidding. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente. We'll be right back. Ed Kratz right around the corner with us, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, our official uh, NFL contributor. We'll be right back on the other side. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente. <laughs>
National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I've been playing 4 on 4 with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Unbelievable. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got me. No, they're my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's Fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they... Investor philanthropists, do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Presidente, we're limping along today 
we got through our, our technical difficulties, and you all thought I forgot to turn on my mic, didn't you? But uh, uh, we got it all we got it all fixed and, and, and ready to, to rock and roll. Thank you, Adam Jividan, Super Browns fan, Buckeye fan, Guardian fan. He jumped in today. He went a little rogue on us, probably because Ohio State's not in the Big Ten championship. The jury's still out on that. Uh, but uh, we went with World Cup today, obviously, because the USA is playing the Netherlands. That match is underway. Joining us now, Ed Kratz, B-Rider from Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, and our official NFL contributor. Happy Saturday to you, sir. How are you? Staying warm? Yeah, you know, staying warm, staying dry. It's a rainy day here in Philadelphia, but uh, I'm feeling better. Battled the flu this week, but I feel Good to uh, hear. back in the saddle. Well, it's, uh, it's always good good to hear uh, that you're feeling feeling good. That the flu's kicked a lot. Of it. I, I saw some uh, uh, some NFL players and stuff were out this week because of the flu too. So you must have yeah. got something. Uh, yeah, it's cold here in Indianapolis. So we say it's cold. It's 31 degrees. It's only going to get colder from here on out. But hey, let's hang on to every little bit that we can. But the, the wind is brutal today. We I went out to, with the dogs today and thought it was a hurricane out there. But man, and it's yeah, cold. Yeah. I can deal with. I can yeah, deal with It was cold when I was there two weeks ago. I mean, you know, yeah. brutal. I mean, at least it's like fifty-two degrees here. I mean, it's but it's raining. I think know. I think I saw in the forecast that we've got something like that in in the next week here. Ed Kraft, before we get into the uh, NFL, do you follow soccer at all? The other football. <clears throat> I have it on right now in the background. The lo- U.S. is losing one nothing. 35th minute of the game. Uh, it's not looking good. This Netherlands team is pretty good. Well, that's what we were just talking about. You know, let's, let's you know, as much as it allowed, there's a lot of fans, and certainly the fan base for soccer has grown a lot, and we love to watch the USA. They're going to be here in the United States in four years. Um, I'm not sure Philadelphia is one of the locations, but I know Atlanta and St. Louis and, you know, other cities are, are going to be hosting this, and we'll see what happens. So it's exciting to see the USA in this match. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, some some uh, uh, big games that they've, they've won, uh, and, and obviously probably the most controversial, if you will, and it's gotten the most national attention is the is the Iran win. Uh, but yeah, the Netherlands is the real deal, and you know they've only won, they've only beat uh, the Netherlands one time. That was back in in 2015, I believe. So. You know, go USA, go red, white, and blue. But uh, I'm with you. I I don't, I don't know that it's that's going to happen. But hey, it, it's the knockout round, and you know we'll 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 see what happens. There's some good matches here in the in the round of 16, and, and we're like in it, I guess, to the uh, elite eight, if you will, or sweet 16 of, of of basketball. So we'll see how far we go. Go <laughs> yeah. USA, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Philadelphia Philadelphia is a site uh, in 2026, and I'm hoping that. Score tickets and, and go see some of this. Whoever's whatever group is here in Philly in four years, I'm I'm hoping to well, uh, be sitting in the stands watching us. Yeah, Adam was just telling me that it's like a lotto, and it, you 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 know you might get a, tickets in Denver, or you might get tickets as well. So you might win tickets, but you I mean not win tickets, but you, it's a lotto. You you earn the privilege to buy the tickets, and uh, you don't know where where you're going to land at. So, <laughs> but I know yeah. what place they're not going to be. <laughs> They're not going to be here in Indianapolis. So, but we have yeah, been really working yeah. hard. Indianapolis has been working really hard to build that soccer fan base. We have a a soccer team called Indy Eleven. They're kind of a developmental team to, into the MLS. 
so we've been trying to get a new stadium built here. We, we don't have the capacity to, to host a World Cup here in Indianapolis. But what we do have the capacity to do is host the Super Bowl. We're not doing that. We're not going to the Super Bowl. But who very well might be is the Philadelphia Eagles. So let's talk a little bit about the Eagles fly, Eagles fly. Uh, certainly a uh, great win, okay, over the Colts last week. You were here. I mean, not week before. I'm sorry. Week before. Yeah, two weeks. Yeah, time flies. That was two weeks ago already. <laughs> big win, though, over the Packers. So that's what I, gave I wanted to talk about is a big win over the Packers because a lot of people are, you know, saying the Packers are the best, worst team in the NFL right now, and that very well might be true. But the Eagles are still flying, flying high. Fly, Eagles, fly. Break it, break down uh, the win at home against the Packers, and then we'll get into your game tomorrow against the Titans. Well, I mean, if they're the best, worst team out there, there's a lot of bad teams because I don't think the Packers are that good at all, to be honest. I mean, they gave up 363 yards on the ground rushing. I mean, that's the most yards the Eagles ever ran for in the Super Bowl era. I mean, not since 1948 did they run for more, and that was only 15 yards more. So they almost, you know, did something that hadn't been done since 1948, and that's run for, you know, a club record. So they ran for a 363. The Packers were just hapless to stop that running game. And Jalen Hurts, first player ever to, throw for 150-plus yards while running for 150-plus yards. He ran for 157, broke the club record for most yards in a game by a quarterback. Mike Vick held that in 2010. And, uh, you know, he wasn't that far away from breaking the record. Justin Fields just set for most uh, yards rushing by a quarterback in a regular season game at 178. So, you know, it's a weird game when you're running back. Miles Sanders has 143 yards but isn't the top ground gainer on your own team because Jalen Hurts had more yards. So uh, it was just a terrible display of stopping the run again by the Packers. And um, I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, they just had no answer for anything that the Eagles were doing on the ground. And that's all they really needed. I mean, they, had, they picked off Aaron Rodgers twice, a couple of young players, Reed Blankenship, who had two career snaps coming in, an undrafted free agent from Middle Tennessee State. Uh, who's filling in for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who has the uh, lacerated kidney, and he's going to miss a few weeks. You know, Gardner-Johnson leads the league in interceptions with six. Uh, he's going to miss some time. And the other one was Josiah Scott, who's a fill-in for Avante Maddox, who probably will be back off the IR maybe in uh, next week against the Giants or two weeks. Uh, he's got an ankle injury. So, you know, Dallas Goddard will be back. The Eagles are getting healthy again, and uh, they already have 10 wins. They can wrap up a – uh, playoff berth this weekend. They have to win and then hope for a couple other teams to lose. I don't. I don't think it'll happen. But the fact that they can do it in week whatever this is, 13, is pretty amazing. But you know, the Packers were just kind of a speed bump, really, uh, in this season. Where you know, it seems like the Eagles are you know kind of unstoppable at this point. I, I, I agree with you, and we started talking about the Eagles being the real deal at the beginning of the season, and not just because of your affiliation with the Eagles, uh, but because they are the, the real deal. And, and you got a good challenge uh, coming in from the AFC South. Obviously, I'm an AFC South guy myself. I'm going to be rooting for the Eagles in this game. Not that it matters in anything in the AFC South at this point. We're pretty much toast. We're, <laughs> like, like you and I have said, you know, it, it sucks to be in this situation, but We'll get into the Colts here in just a second. Our best hope is just to try to get a good draft pick. And for God's sake, let's draft a quarterback that actually actually works. But 
you know, the, the Tennessee Titans do have a challenging road trip on Sunday uh, or tomorrow with a game there in, in Philly. Uh, I mean, it's the first game uh, since former receiver A.J. Brown, the Browns uh, draft and night trade to Philadelphia in April. Uh, so Eagles are 10-1. Uh, you guys are being chased by the Vikings uh, uh, for the number one seed, and the Cowboys are for the NFC. We've got the Cowboys this weekend, uh, but let, let's break down your notebook. I know you – you were sick and didn't make it to a lot of practices. Well, uh, Ed's notebook, let's open it up for the Titans and, and, the, and the Eagles tomorrow. Yeah, you know, it's an interconference game. I mean, there, there doesn't seem to ever be a whole lot of juice for these interconference games. You know, the NFC, AFC, um, you know, it's, a, it's not like an NFC East game, which the Eagles will start playing a little bit more of as we head to the end of the season. But, uh, you know, obviously with the Titans, it starts with stopping Derrick Henry and, uh, the Bengals did a great job of that last week, held them to 38 yards, I think it was, on 17 carries. Uh, you know, so you hope the Eagles looked at what the Bengals were able to do, and I believe they have the personnel to stop Derrick Henry. But, you know, Henry's going to come in here with a vengeance, and, uh, you know, he's going to be a, a handful to stop. He always is. Um, so you got to stop. start with him, and you got to make sure you stop him to get the ball back for your offense because – you know, this, this Tennessee defense is very good up front uh, on the defensive line. They're third against the run in the NFL, which is very good, but they stink against the pass. They're the next-to-last team in passing defense. So, you know, that seems like the recipe is you, you get the ball for your offense and you start throwing the ball. And, you know, I don't know if they have anybody that can cover A.J. Brown, yet alone Devontae Smith in that mix. Um, you know, obviously the Eagles are 2-0 and without Dallas Goddard, their star tight end. Uh, who said he'll be back when they play the Bears uh, after his four games is up um, on December 18th. He wasn't even really happy that he had to go on the IR, but he understands that the Eagles are trying to protect him and keep him healthy and get him ready for the stretch drive. But, uh, you know, with him, you know, this offense would look even more dangerous, but I'm not sure the Titans can match up with the Eagles in the, in the passing game. When you look at, you know, how the struggles they have in stopping the pass, so that to me is how you win the game is you, you try to slow down Henry, you get off the field as much as you can on third down, uh, maybe turn the ball over to if you force Tannehill to pass. The Eagles are uh, lead the league in takeaways. You know, they have, I think, 15 interceptions this year, which is the best in the NFL, and uh, 21 ter- takeovers altogether, actually 23 takeovers. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're good at that. And if they can get the ball back, and give it to their offense. I think this Eagles team can score some points through the air. Um, and we'll see if the Titans can keep up on the ground. That's kind of their problem. Is they're, if, you, if you get ahead of the Titans, they, they're not good at coming back because they rely so much on the running game. Uh-huh. And, you know, uh-huh. it, it's hard for them to come back in a game that they're trailing by running the ball all the time. So, um, you know, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a close game. I, I know some people that like the Titans in this game, and I've gone back and forth with it. I think the Titans can win, but – uh, I'm going to pick the Eagles right now, uh, 23-20. 23-20. I, I, that's, that's closer than I thought it was going to be. But I, I'm, I'm with you. This is going to be a, a tight game. And I think the Titans can make some noise there. Uh, I, I was yeah. thinking more around 24-17 with you guys. Uh, but, uh, hey, quick question. Is this going to be the A.J. Brown revenge game that everybody dubbed it to be? This will be kind of a, a – a, I mean – He's a wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles, obviously. This is the first time that he's met Tennessee since his his trade. And and he was drafted by the Titans uh, in the second round back in 2019. 
So any talk about this being the A.J. Brown revenge game that everybody's calling it? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. But, you know, of course, they're trying to downplay it. You know, the coach, Nick Sirianni, is saying he has to just approach it like any other game. Uh, although he didn't do that when they played the Colts, you know, he was, he was all about defending Frank Reich's honor in that game. Um, but yeah, AJ Brown, you know, he's downplayed it, but yeah, sure. He, he played against your former team who traded you on draft night. You, you want to have a big game. And, you know, I think he's about 150 yards or so away from going over a thousand yards, which would mark the first time. Um, nope, the other one's just scored two nothing. Um, anyway. <laughs> Breaking news. Uh, it, yeah, breaking <laughs> that's news. That's a hard comeback for soccer. That's a hard comeback for soccer. Yeah, I know, I know. That's, that's the death knell right there, right before the half. But anyway, yeah, A.J. Brown can become the first receiver for the Eagles to go over 1,000 yards since Jeremy Macklin in 2014. That's a long drought in a pass-happy league. Um, and, you know, he might do it in this game. I mean, I think that, yeah, I think the Eagles are going to try to get him the ball. Uh, against his former team, and I think Brown's going to be motivated. Now, he hasn't played particularly well these last two weeks. He's had two fumbles, uh, lost two fumbles in back-to-back weeks, and he only lost three fumbles in three years in Tennessee, and now he's lost two already in back-to-back games. So, uh, you know, he's going to want to remedy that, but, you know, the Titans are going to be coming after him to try to get that ball out uh, after seeing how he's given it up, you know, against the Colts two weeks ago and then the Packers last week, so. Um, yeah, I, but I think, yeah, it's a revenge game. Nobody's really mentioning it. Everybody's downplaying it. But, sure, it's a revenge game. You want to play well against your former team. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, 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 I say, you know, you have, when you have beef stew, what makes beef stew is really good beef. And I'm not trying to compare the Eagles to cattle. But uh, <laughs> Jalen Hurt is the beef of the stew here. And I, I like Jalen Hurts. He did me well in fantasy football. Unfortunately, the two teams that I have him as my starting quarterback, the rest of the team sucks, and he's not led me to victory. But that's neither here nor there. Hmm. He's been one of the highest scoring, uh, highest scoring uh, fantasy football players, and that's because of his ability to run. We A lot of people compare him to Michael Vick and his ability to do that. Is he a quarterback or is he a running back? Uh, what have you. But certainly the conversation is now beginning to have that uh, Jalen Hurts is on a very, very high level, a very, very elite level. MVP, Jalen Hurts? Is that, is that a stretch? Uh, I, I think I think Mahomes is probably the MVP, to be honest. But, you know, uh, to Hurts it matters just win the Super Bowl. You know, he doesn't – He's not a individual awards guy, sure. but I think Mahomes is, is the guy. I mean, I, I don't see how you can say he can't win the MVP. I think he's front and center, and unless he falls on his face, I don't think he will over these final whatever five or six weeks. I think Mahomes will win that award. But, you know, Hurts has certainly, you know, made believers out of a lot of people, especially people inside the building in Philadelphia. I mean, you remember the off season, they, they were looking at, you know, they're making calls on Russell Wilson and, Deshaun Watson and, you know, checking in on the availability of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they, they weren't a hundred percent sold on Jalen Hurts. Now I think who was sold on him was Nick Sirianni and he might've been kind of the voice of reason in that building with Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie and that, you know, Hey, I, I can win with this guy. You know, that that's the thing Sirianni does so well is he doesn't come in and try to force someone to play his system. He adapts, he, he builds a system that takes advantage of his players' skill sets. 
Uh, and I think that's what makes him a good coach. And, you know, he, he saw after a year what Jalen Hurts can do well and what he can't do well, and then Hurts went into the offseason, and he's got this unquenchable desire to become better. Uh, and, and he has. And Sirianni is using him the way he's supposed to be used. I'm not sure Jalen Hurts is the same quarterback on any other team other than the Eagles and Nick Sirianni. So uh, he's made believers at a lot of, out of a lot of people. And I think he's going to get paid a, a huge number in the offseason in a contract. You know, he's got one year left on his rookie deal after this season, and the Eagles are probably going to give him, you know, $45 million a year for the next, I don't know, five years maybe. Um, he's due for a huge raise, and I think he deserves it. I mean, he's the kind of quarterback that he's shown you can win with. Uh, you know, I think he's 12-1. and one in his last 13 regular season games. Um, and, and that's not a fluke. So uh, he's a very good player. He's shown to be, he, he's got the potential to be a great player, but right now Mahomes to me is still your MVP. A good argument for that. I actually thought you would take the, the other side of the fence there, but okay. Uh, yeah. I, I forgot. I lost, I lost my mind there for just a brief second. We've been <laughs> dealing with this. We've been dealing with uh, technical issues, so I got stuff going on in my ears. I got voices in my ears. <laughs> uh, maybe you have the flu. <laughs> let's, let's, yeah, maybe. Um, but so let's talk a little bit about my Colts. Uh, you know, let's, it is what it is. We lost to the Steelers at this point. I, nobody's going to say down at the, the Colts complex, we're mailing it in. Uh, they're not going to have that conversation. Now the press is going to ask them that, and they're going to say that's not what we're going to do. We obviously want to come out and win the game, uh, but it's just not going to happen. Jeff Saturday, we think, and this is a prediction, he's not going to be the coach uh, next year. <laughs> he's going to be somewhere, though, in, in leadership in the front office. Uh, but here's the thing. We, want to, we don't want to say to any team, especially if you're a fan, to, to mail it in. But you and I have had this conversation. It, it is time that the Colts just move forward past the season. Let's let's get us a good draft pick. You know, I guess drafting quarterbacks can be a little bit quirky, can be a little bit tricky. You got to get the right timing, the right player. And and let's look at how many duds have become studs, and how many studs have become duds in the NFL. So drafting that leadership quarterback, that franchise quarterback, we haven't had one. We thought we had one with Andrew Luck, and we could go a whole in a whole different rabbit hole with him. Nonetheless. He did what was best for him. We get got to get past Andrew Luck. We got to get past Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's never going to come back. We have not been able to draft a franchise quarterback since Peyton Manning. So, possibility of who the the, the Colts look at in the draft. And I like Kentucky's Will Levis. He's got a lot of the capability to be a good franchise quarterback. He'll be top in the draft. Uh, so he's a name that's been talked about here recently. Uh, and could, you know, be the answer to the Colts' quarterback problems. Now, that's just one problem with the Colts. You don't become a losing team by just having one deficit. You know, the, the quarterback is the key, don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of other stuff going wrong with, with the Indianapolis Colts. Do we need some high leadership change? And I, when I say that, do we need to get rid of Chris Ballard? The answer to that is absolutely yes. He had screwed us in the draft. He supposedly, he came in from the Bears and from Kansas City and had all of these great 
drafts and all these great abilities, and he's told the Colts fans on what he can do. I build a championship through the draft. That's all we've heard from uh, Chris Ballard. I'm climbing off my soapbox. Don't worry. You're coming off, climbing off of it right now. But would you agree with me on, on those two questions that that uh, Kentucky's will leave us? He, he, he would be a great pick for the Colts quarterback. And do we do we keep Ballard for another season and let him muck up waters again in, in draft season? I, I, that's a question. I don't know. But I think that it comes a time that we've got to part ways. I mean, there yeah. came a time when, when Jim, Irsay, Jim Irsay actually told one of the greats of all greats, Peyton Manning, goodbye. Bill Polian, goodbye. Hello, Chris Bauer. Yeah. Hello, Andrew Luck. You know, is this Ursay or is this somebody else? I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I get it. I mean, listen, I I think, yeah, they probably should move on. But the fact they didn't, you know, Ursay didn't when he let go of Frank Reich kind of leads me to believe that they're probably going to stick with Ballard. And and you have to be careful at this point uh, of the year and in the offseason, especially as you you, you ask your general manager – you know, what, what becomes of, you know, your, all the preparation you've done on these players that are coming into the draft. Cause I guarantee you Ballard and his, his staff and his scouts, uh, they're all doing the homework already on these players that are going to be coming out of the draft and probably at the quarterback position. So if you fire him at this stage, I mean, I, I don't know who goes out the door with him, but you have to be careful that it doesn't destroy what, the work that they've put in already. Now it seems like he's committed to having him make, you know, another round of draft picks and obviously he's got to get it right. Um, Unless there's somebody underneath of him as assistant. I don't know who that would be that you can kind of stay with, you know, in house uh, that wouldn't disrupt too much from the process of who you're going to draft and how your draft board is beginning to take shape because that's just not something that starts in March. I mean, that's, you know, the work is already being invested in that. And, you know, Bauer is probably front and center uh, with that right now. So you have to be careful if you're going to fire him, who's going to take his place and how is that transition going to work? Um, and then as far as Will Levis, yeah, I love Will Levis. I mean, I, you know, 6'3", you know, 225, whatever he is. Um, I, I think the one thing guys like Hertz and Jamal uh, – uh, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. I think they're showing is in today's NFL, you have to have some mobility. And I know Joe Burrow can move a little bit. He's got a great arm, good quarterback, but I think you need to have some mobility at that position. And I think Levis is one of those guys who who does. I mean, he's got a strong enough arm. Uh, He's shown the mobility. He can run the football. He's tough. I think he is a little like Josh Allen. Um, I think his stock is going to rise as, you know, once we shift gears here into the off season and the draft becomes more talked about, I think he's one of those guys that is going to rise up. And I don't know where he's going to go, and I don't know where the Colts are going to end up picking. Um, and that's something that if Ballard's still here, if you feel like you can trade up to get the guy you want at quarterback, and you're going to have to trust your evaluations on that. I mean, you're right. Guys are studs and duds all, every year that come in as a quarterback uh, so you have to trust your scouting department and your evaluation people that they're making the right calls. And then you have to trust Ballard will make the right final decision. Um, and if they see somebody like Levis, who's talked about as a top five guy, as you get closer, then you better find a way to get up there 
and get him and give up what you have to give up if you feel that strongly about him. I'm not sure uh, where do the Colts sit today in the draft. I don't I don't even know where they're slated to pick, five. but I uh, five. I think it, I thought it was seven. I don't have it up yet, so I don't know. Okay, yeah, I think, yeah I, I think okay, five yeah. Might be. I mean, they're probably top ten, and you know, you're going to get a decent quarterback because there are some good ones that I think are expected to come out, right? C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young and Will Levis and. Uh, you know, whoever else you like. I don't think Caleb Williams, the USC kid's eligible to come out this year. I think he has to stay another year. Um, but if you feel like you like somebody and love somebody enough and you're not sitting pretty where you need to get, get him, then you better figure it out uh, and, and go get him. Uh, and maybe it is Will Levis. Um, but it's a crapshoot. There's no doubt. I mean, you look at Trey Lance and Mac Jones and all these quarterbacks that came out and Zach Wilson and, uh, you know, who, who's the best quarterback? I, I don't know. I mean, you know, the, still, the jury's still out on those guys. And you look when the Eagles went in 1999 when you had Tim Couch and Achilles Smith and Donovan McNabb. Uh, and the Eagles had the, the second pick. And they're like, okay, who are we taking? Tim Couch went one to the Browns. His injuries derailed him. They had a choice of Smith or McNabb. And they took McNabb. And that was the right pick. They went to five NFC championships games with McNabb. Went to a Super Bowl. Achilles Smith was out of the league after a couple of years. So you better make sure you get it right when you're drafting a quarterback because that can set you back if you don't. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. Real quickly, seeing this come across Twitter right now, Brad Williams Hinky, NFL and defensive lineman and actor, dies at 56. Brad Hinky uh, died peacefully at his home after having a lot of uh, health struggles. I guess he'd been pretty open about uh, Brad William Hinkey played for the Broncos in the Super Bowl and uh, did some greater fame as an actor as well as a, as a prison guard or you know, Orange is the New Black or something like that. Uh, so Brad Hinkey, uh, defensive uh, NFL defensive lineman, dies at the age of 56. That's just a few years older than me. So, wow, that's crazy. Are you familiar with Brad Hinkey? Yeah. Uh, I'm not, um, but it's always sad to hear, uh, you know, someone passing away when it's, you know, before what you hope is your time, you know, 56 is, is young. Uh, don't know what he died from. You don't know if the NFL, his career impacted that, you know, you hate to see that. That happens all the time with these Uh players is, you know, they get that CTE or whatever it is, or, you know, just so much pain in their joints and even after they get them replaced from from years of playing the game and and that shortens their lives and it's a decision they make it's they understand the risks and they get paid a lot of money for it um but sadly this is sometimes how it ends up all right let's get into week three 13 games uh guys are going into overtime we'll try to make this as quick as as possible uh for you uh, but we uh, appreciate you sticking around in overtime uh, with us. So if you're listening to the podcast, you didn't miss anything. So if you uh, were listening to us live, you're going to catch us here on the podcast here in just a few moments. Uh, but, uh, okay, let's get into week 13. I mean, if, if there's a game to just uh, watch and take a nap or do things around the house, get your Christmas tree up, whatever, with a game on in the background, it would be the Packers at the Bears. There is nothing exciting about this game at all. The, the, the spread is, is Green Bay at four and a half. Uh, total spread is over and under at 43 and a half. Uh, so four and eight uh, Packers at the Bears, three and nine. Uh, the Bears say Justin Fields day to day in this uh, upcoming game. Uh, I don't think the Bears will even reach 400 yards of total offenses. Uh, I don't know. 
<laughs> anything you, anything exciting about that game uh, rings rings to you, Ed? Not really. I mean, you know, if the Bear, if Fields plays, I mean, you know, he can run all over this Packers defense. If the Packers defense can't stop the run like they couldn't in Philadelphia, they're going to be in for a long day. And it's a shame that Aaron Rodgers feels like he needs to keep playing. I get it, you know, but he's got the thumb injury, the rib injury. You know, meanwhile, Jordan Love, who came in last week against Philly and led the Packers to 10 fourth quarter points through a 63-yard touchdown to Christian Watson. I mean, it seems like Rodgers is just holding this organization hostage. If I'm the Packers, you got to man up and say, hey, Aaron, take a seat, man. Get these injuries, heal up, and we're going to give Jordan Love a look the rest of the way. What's the point? I mean, they're four and eight. The Bears are three and nine. I mean, there's nothing compelling exactly. about this game at all. Aaron Rodgers, I think, is going to retire at the end of this year. Just, just a thought. I don't know that to be official. Just a gut feeling. If he doesn't, he needs yeah. to go to another team. And we, we can get on the, we can get on the Rodgers watch later on. Why not just take your, your, your loss and. You're not a Tom Brady. You might be close, though. You're certainly a first-round Hall of Famer. Get your gold jacket. Enjoy life. Enjoy your money. Uh, yeah, Jets, exactly. seven yeah. and four. Yeah. The Vikings at the Vikings at or at nine and two. Obviously, the the Vikings are hot on on the Eagles' uh, trail. So you certainly want to see a win from the Jets here and a win from the Eagles to give you guys a little bit of breathing room. Uh, and both teams are kind of in a rare territory in their in recent history. The Vikings could clinch the NFC North and. and with a win and a Lions loss or tie to the Jaguars or a tie or loss uh, to the Lions loss. But the Jets I've been uh, moderately impressed with this year. Certainly a lot better team than what I thought they would be. They're a very good 7-4 team. Uh, I don't think they'll beat the Vikings at home. The spread is uh, Minnesota favored by three. The spread is 44-and-a-half. I don't think the Jets will be able to beat the Vikings at home. But obviously, as an as an Eagles guy, you're kind of hoping the Beckett half. What are your thoughts on this game, the Jets the Vikings? Yeah, the Jets have been playing well, and it's kind of amazing they put Mike White out there last week, and you know he throws three touchdown passes, throws for over 300 yards, and you know Zach Wilson is still stuck on the bench, your first round pick. But the defense is really good for the Jets. They they've been doing a good job, and um, you know the Vikings. I don't know what to think of the Vikings. I mean, they got blasted by the Cowboys, 40-3. to <clears throat> You know, the Eagles dominated them back in week two. Um, and they just seem to squeak out win after win late in games. You know, I mean, it's, been not, it's not been easy for them. You know, they, they, uh, they always seem to have to come from behind or hold off a team late to win by, you know, a touchdown or less. So, yeah, I think this is a good game. And an AFC-NFC matchup. You know, again, in the big scheme of things, those interconference games don't mean as much win or lose. But, you know, it's still important to win anytime you can. And I, I like the Jets in this. I, I think the Jets can win this game um, in Minnesota. You know, it's going to be low scoring, I think, something like 21 to 18, something like that. But I think the Jets find a way to win this game. Well, I've, I've recently become a novice better. So since Indiana said, hey, guess what, guys, you can download an app and you can put money in the app and you can gamble. So I'm 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 a high roller, five ten dollars a game, whatever. <laughs> but nice. if you if you're if you're looking for betting nuggets, in which I I've started doing, it really does help to look at these little nuggets. Minnesota is eight and zero outright as a favorite, and Minnesota is a favorite. So if you're looking at a team that's been the favorite and has 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 won consistently by being the favorite, Minnesota would be that game. So I'm going to go with Minnesota. 
Okay. Here's a team that I'm sure you want to talk about is uh, the Commanders and the Giants. But the Commanders are seven and five now, uh, but uh, and the Giants are seven and four. Uh, really, uh, this is a good game, good matchup. I like the Giants. I mean, the Giants have lost three of, the, uh, of their four in in their in lack of success here recently. But the Giants overall have really uh, came to play this year. But somebody woke up the owl, if you will, in the Commanders, and I don't even know where that phrase comes from, but I've heard it my whole life. So. Somebody woke up the owl. Uh, O-W-L, right. not A-L. O-W-L. Right. I digress. Yeah. But somebody uh, did wake up the owl. Yeah, I don't know what that means. But, uh, yeah. yeah um, it has you're something you're to, right. It, it, has, it has something to do. The owls are nocturnal, nocturnal animals. They don't sleep at night. And if you wake them up, if you wake them up during the day, it's – Something in the universe is going to happen. I don't know. That's where it's getting. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, Commanders are playing really well too. I mean, yeah, you know, it's funny because the NFC East, if the season ended today, obviously it doesn't. But for the first time in the history of the NFL, every single team from one division would get into the playoffs, and that was the NFC. Every team: Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Commanders would be in the playoffs. But you know, that's probably not going to happen because these teams in the NFC play each other quite a bit over the final month here. You know, the Giants and Commanders, this is the first time they're playing. Then they play again in a couple of weeks. So, you know, the Eagles have to play the Giants twice still uh, starting next week. So, uh, you know, it's um, it, it probably will even itself out, and there will be some other teams that might pass one of these NFC East teams. But right now it's uh, it's kind of amazing that every team in the NFC East is above 500 by at least two games. I mean, that's pretty amazing. And so this is a good game. This is, I think it's going to be a close game. I mean, both these teams are going to try to fight hard to win. And, and I like the commanders. I think the Giants just don't have enough offense really to kind of keep pace. And that's why they're talking to Odell Beckham Jr. about maybe joining him. They wined and dined him uh, on Thursday night or Friday night, and he's still going to meet with the Cowboys and Bills. But, you know, the Giants don't have, other than Saquon Barkley, uh, and Daniel Jones, who can beat you with his legs as well, pretty mobile guy. Uh, but other than those guys, they just don't have enough weapons, I don't think. And I think the, uh, the commanders play really good defense. And I think they'll kind of limit the points that they can score, uh, and they'll find a way to get some offense. I like this Brian Robinson kid, the rookie running back from Alabama who plays for Washington. Um, and Taylor Heineke is not you know, the most impressive guy, but all he does is win. So. I would take the commanders in this game. And winning changes everything, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk, let's talk about uh, the Broncos, three and eight. Obviously, a huge disappointment at the quarterback position there with Russell Wilson. Uh, the Ravens, seven to four. You know, after losing late to, uh, to Jacksonville last week, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens really need to establish the running game early. Uh, the Ravens is, a, is a NFL's number two ground game. Um, so we'll see what happens there, but this has certainly been a dismal performance of another Broncos quarterback, Russell Wilson, who they thought they had their quarterback problems solved by bringing him on board. So uh, the Broncos have their own problems uh, to deal with, but uh, the Broncos are 0-5 in, in, in road games uh, played in the U.S. Uh, this season. Uh, they did beat the, the Jaguars in London in Week 8, but uh, 0-5 in, in road games in the U.S., so Nothing to get excited about in this game for the Broncos, and the Ravens bounce back off of the loss from the uh, 
Jaguars. What say you, sir? Yeah, the Ravens should be embarrassed if they lose this game. They've been so inconsistent all year, um, but they they should win this one handily. I mean, you know, Carson Wentz has ten touchdown passes in six games. Russell Wilson has eight touchdown passes in five more games. I mean, that that tells you all you need to know right there about the season Wilson's having, the fact that Nathaniel Hackett, the coach, will probably be a one-and-done coach. Uh, that's all you really need to know. The Broncos have been probably the biggest disappointment of the season, and there's no way the Ravens should lose this game. Well, let's look at a game here that's going to get a lot of attention, and that's the Browns at the Texans. And not that this game is anything exciting, but Deshaun Watson da, 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 will make his regular season debut as the Browns quarterback on Sunday after serving an 11-game suspension for violating the league's personal conduct policy for sexual assault. Uh, just the guy we want on the field. And they're going to be the Browns' savior. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. Deshaun uh, Watson, come on. What a joke. But nonetheless, I mean, yeah, yeah, here he is, served his time. Uh, it's been 700 days since he's played football. Uh, if it was any other team other than the Texans, I would think that would be a hardship. But the Texans are, uh, you know, they'd have the number one pick in the draft if the season ended today, and they'll probably take a quarterback. Um, Man, but they're they just will. not good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and who's it going to be? Is it going to be Will Levis or, you know, is it going to be Bryce Young? I mean, there's so many candidates to pick from uh, in that position this this uh, draft season. But, yeah, I, any other team, I think Watson would have a hard time. Uh, but I think he's going to really come out and play well, to believe it, believe it or not. But I think that will be more indicative of a Texans team that is going to undergo change once again in the offseason. Maybe Lovey Smith is let go um, after one year. Um, but, yeah, I, I just – whatever your thoughts are about Watson, I mean, I think he's going to have a good game and I think everybody's going to be excited and <laughs> this and that, but I just don't think it's because he's going to be that good. I just think it's because the Texans, I think it's going to take a little while for Watson to kind of play his way back into, you know, playing shape and this and that, but I think he'll make it look easy against the Texans. So we were talking about where the Colts were in uh, the draft. Well, of course, Texans would be number one. They would draft a quarterback, you think. Uh, and then it's the Seahawks, the Bears, the Panthers, the Lions, the Eagles, the Steelers, then the Colts. So, uh, of course, you, get, you, you got up there, obviously, with that trade with New Orleans. Uh, like I've yeah, said before many times, the Eagles, the Eagles are the playing Seahawks chess while everybody there. else is playing checkers. <laughs> yeah, but then the Seahawks got up there with the trade of Wilson. I mean, that's the Broncos' pick. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just think about the Broncos. They gave up three first-round picks. I think they gave up five altogether, and then they hand Wilson a five-year, $250 million contract, and, and look what it's gotten them. Uh, so the Broncos don't even get to make a pick for being so bad. That goes to the Seahawks. That's why they're so high. And, you know, the Eagles, like you said, they made a good deal with the Saints, and that's why they're going to pick in the top ten perhaps. We'll see how New Orleans finishes the season. It's interesting because, you know, the Saints come to Philly uh, the next to last game of the regular season, and, I was having this conversation with another writer is what if the Eagles have everything clinched the first, you know, the number one seed, do they play their starters just to try to beat a team that, you know, uh, they have their first round pick. And I I think they would, I just think they would do it because two weeks before the end of the season, you don't want to be starting to rest your starters. You know, that's a long way. And if the Eagles have the number one seed, they'll have a bye in the first round. So you don't want your starters sitting for, you know, three weeks, four weeks, 
before they play a meaningful game again. So I think the Eagles would play their starters. But, yeah, I mean, the Saints, you know, it was a bad trade by them. The Eagles have their first pick. And just like the Broncos uh, traded uh, traded away their pick to the Seahawks. So Seahawks and Eagles, big benefits in the, in the draft this year. Well, uh, certainly another big game to look at. We're running about out of time here. We're not going to be able to get to all the games. But we want to look at the Jaguars 4-7 and seven, the Lions 4-7. and seven. This has huge implications for the Lions. If the Lions win or lose, this has implications for uh, playoff uh, berth in, in uh, clinch, uh, division clinch for the Vikings. I believe a loss with the Lions would, would clinch that. Uh, for the Vikings, if not uh, pretty close to that. Um, what are your thoughts on this? The Jaguars 4-7, and seven, the Lions 4-7 and seven as well. Yeah, see, you, you talk about the best, worst team in the NFL, and you, you think it's the Packers. I think it's the Jaguars. I mean, you know, I think they're a good team. And La- Trevor Lawrence, I mean, where, where did that come from, that fourth quarter last week uh-huh. to upset the Ravens? I mean, is that who he is now? Did he just flip the switch? And now we're ready to see what Trevor Lawrence can be in this league? And um, maybe. I mean, Doug Peterson is the, a very good quarterback whisperer. Um, and the Lions, they, they've played well the last few weeks. I think they may have saved Dan Campbell's job. Um, but, yeah, it's an interesting game. I, I, I like the Jags, I, I, you know, but I, I like the Lions, too. I, don't, it, I like both these organizations and the way they're being led. And, um, tough, to, tough to kind of root for one over the other, but I, I just think the Jags maybe Trevor Lawrence might have figured this thing out, and I think maybe the Jags are they if they're at home, I would take the Jags. Real quickly, uh, talking about teams that appear to have mailed it in. This is the last game we're going to have time to talk about, and that's the C- uh, Seahawks six and five, and the Rams are three and eight. So you talk about a team that's mailing it in to get a and the draft pick. Uh, I, I I think this will be a good win for the Seahawks on the road. I don't even think the Rams care if they win anymore. Like I said, mailed it in. Well, the thing about the Rams, they don't have any draft picks. I mean, they've traded all the way all, mm-hmm. away all their top picks. I mean, I don't even know where yeah. they might not have a pick to like to the get to the round. Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, and they won the Super Bowl, so okay, give them credit. Uh, you know, good job. And you know, I guess that is it worth it? I, I guess um, maybe. But now you're you're paying the piper, and they've got a lot of injuries. They're playing their backup quarterback. Stafford's not going to play. Aaron Donald's not going to play. Cooper cups out. I mean, they, yeah, they're just a shell of what they were when they won the Super Bowl. So I would expect the, the Seahawks, they have a lot more to play for. Obviously they're right here in the hunt for a playoff spot and they have to keep pace with the 49ers. So yeah, I think that the Seahawks should win this game. So you just made a comment statement called paid the Piper. That's another one word phrase that we've heard our whole life. What does paid the Piper mean? Uh, isn't that like the Pied Piper of Hamlin or whatever it, it was is. where he played the pipe and all the it kids is. followed and is that where that That's came right. from? That's right. And well, it was yeah. all the rats and they paid the Piper oh. to, they played, and then all the rats come running out of town because they called in playing the Piper. So pay the Piper. Oh, means okay. Good. So right. wake the owl means something bad. So back, I, I, I you know, I, I digressed and I, I looked, I was looking up. Okay. What did that mean? So it's a medieval superstition that began during a eclipse, you know, where the, the moon comes over the sun, where it's dark for just a very brief period of time, and the owls mm-hmm. woke up. And when the owls woke up, that's when that eclipse happened. Of course, superstition, medieval, everybody's like, oh. So when you wake, don't ever wake an owl because 
back then the superstition was you would create an eclipse if you woke the owl. Oh, okay. We don't want that. I've always heard that saying, don't wake the owl. So now now we know you're a better person. Okay. You're a better person now. All right, good. (laughs) You can can drop – I I think there's even a game. I'm not a gamer, but I think I saw somewhere there's a game called Wake the Owl. So drop drop some knowledge on your kids today, tonight at dinner. Say, hey, have you guys ever woken owls? (laughs) (laughs) It crashed. Yeah. Ed Kratz, meet right at the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. Obviously, you've got the Titans at home. Uh, what, are you, what are you working on? Where can people find your, your work and masterpieces, sir? Yeah, you can find me at Kratz-E on Twitter, K-R-A-C-Z-E, or uh, on my site, SI.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. And just plenty of coverage coming going into the game and coming out of the game. We'll see if the Eagles are 10-2 and two or 11-1. and one. Yeah. I hope you, you get to feeling better, and, and uh, fly, Eagles, fly, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, buddy. We'll talk with you soon. See ya. Yeah. Ed Kratz, the rider from Philadelphia Eagles, SI.com, during this helping us break down uh, the NFL in week 13. Uh, as, as we, man, we're getting closer and closer to the end of the NFL season, and I'm getting closer and closer. I wish I had good draft picks, depending on, my record with fantasy football. If that was the case, I would definitely be in shape for a good draft pick. My name is Tom Marcus El Presidente. Haven't checked the score of the USA-Netherlands game, but I've heard it's not looking good. But Ed, Adam Jividen jumped on. Our Browns, uh, Super Browns fan, Buckeyes fan, Guardians fan, Duke, Deepers Cavs fan, and our college football school pilot. We broke down uh, at the beginning of the game uh, the U.S. World Cup, USA and the Netherlands, and then you had me for – uh, college football. My name's Tom Marquez El Presidente. I'm out of here. Don't drink and drive. I didn't cool. Deuces. Oh,